Are you a manager who is eager to change the trajectory of your career? I have spent the last 23 years as a Fortune 50 leader learning from other industry leaders how to break free from limiting beliefs and habits. On the Might and Motion podcast, we focus on the four M's, motivation, momentum, mindfulness, and might. We bring you leaders from Fortune companies, doctors, and entrepreneurs. Their stories of living their own might in motion will inspire you to create your own action plan and achieve your goals. Welcome to Might in Motion. Today's episode of Might in Motion is brought to you by Pantheon FM, Fortunes Magnified. Pantheon FM is changing the world through entrepreneurship. In this community, you will find everything you need to create, amplify, and monetize your world-changing business. Join us at pantheon.community forward slash register forward slash LAUA. Today, I have Doug Cornfield joining me. He's a director of D3 Day, an author, a keynote speaker, and an arm model, which I am very excited to learn about that. He was a former college athlete, and he's the current director of Disability Dream and Do D3 Day Sports Camps, created with Dave Clark. In college, he was a top contender in track and field and a scholarship athlete at the University of Georgia. And as a Georgia Tech grad, I'm not going to hold that against him. His professional experience includes time spent in both the family entertainment industry and as a senior financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. More recently, he partnered with Dave Clark to organize their company and run D3 Day events, where the duo create opportunities for children and young adults with special needs to interact with professional sports players and compete with no limitations. Doug, welcome to Might in Motion. Even though I'm a UGA guy? I will, you know what, I give you some grace. Um, my mom was born and raised in Elberton, Georgia, which is oh. only about 15 minutes from the uh, University of My student of taught at Elberton. Are you serious? I am serious. The granite capital of the, the world? The granite capital of the world. I actually got married in, in Elbert County. No way. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I have aunts and uncles that still live there. Bowman, um, Georgia. I was living in Bowman, Georgia. That is, see, it's a small world. It is a small and world. And it gets smaller every day. Um, yeah. Elberton is, like, we would go, you know, for Christmas and Thanksgiving and summer and all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, but, and my grandfather went to Georgia Tech. And so they had a bet every year for the Georgia-Georgia Tech football game back when it was somewhat of a competition, right? that whoever whichever team won the losers had to buy all the flowers for the church okay okay well of course he's a georgia tech grad and one of like the only one so he had to spend a lot of money <laughs> with flowers for the church most years yeah, he, he might be buying it for the rest of his life the way it's going right now i, think he did, I know he, he definitely did but um anyway doug welcome to might in motion i'm so excited to have you here and you know, I'm really curious, how did you become an arm model? So I wrote a book, you know, that's, that's kind of how we've done it. So we came up, we had hired people, you know, how you hire people sometimes to market and do a book cover and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, that's awful. Oh, no, that's terrible. No, that's that's completely awful. Even people that I've you know worked with before and like their stuff, they just weren't getting the concept. And so... Yeah. With one of the other chapter writers of the book, we it's a compilation book, so there's 31 different chapters. It's called Pulling Each Other Along. Just FYI, if you're listening, it's pretty great, so go get it. I'm completely biased, but it's still great. 
Um, and it's a super great book. And so it's all about helping people. And Dave Clark, my business partner, is kind of the patriarch of this story, which we can get into. But the arm model thing, um, we came up with this concept where Dave is on the beach and now his scooter, because he's a polio survivor and he, he actually gets around in the scooter a lot, um, gets up on his crutches still, but not, not like he did when he played professional baseball. And so he's in his scooter, he's looking at the ocean, which is vast. And then we came up with a concept of having all these different arms. I've got a female arm in there. I've got a arms of different color and of course my son who was born with no arms or virtually no arms he's got his arm on dave's shoulder it's, he's got like a very small little yeah. hand basically with three fingers and so he's got his arm in there and of course i put my arm in there and so i can you can see it a little makes make maybe a little more sense you can oh, see the I love ring it. there but uh, uh my ring light but there there it is and my arms uh, holding on to one of dave's crutches and i started joking about you know, oh, I'm an arm model. I'm an arm model because it's about the only thing that anybody would want to model me with, in my opinion. <laughs> and so, um, so I, I just said, oh, I should put that on my LinkedIn profile, and and then eventually I did. And it's funny yeah. because, or it's interesting, I should say, is you're not the only one that's like, I gotta under, I gotta know what this means, you know, in a, in a. And so, you know, if it gets people's attention, I guess that's kind of what we want to do on social media posts and things like that as well. Well, and, and there's truth behind it. So you it's really true. are, you you really did have an amazing photograph taken and you know, your arm is the arm of, of your book pulling each other along. Right. So I, it's, that's awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So love that's, it. that's the story behind me being an arm model. I had to hire myself. So to speak. <laughs> hey, I was too gotta, cheap to hire somebody else. That might be more of the truth. No, you, you got to build your own stage, right? So, and and I guess you don't have to practice like any really serious blue steel facial expressions when you're an arm model. So right. Just you can get it insured and all kinds of fun stuff. I love it. I absolutely love it. So you've done a lot in your life from being, you know, a college athlete and, you know, working for Merrill Lynch. And now you have D3 Day. Can you give us the highlight reel of your journey and what led you to creating D3 Day? So I'll try to keep it con concise, which is, oh, there's one of the whistles I was telling you about. All right, see, well, it's time. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a little town of Corning, New York, and it's still blue collar and we still blow the whistles uh, at 1245 at one. And, you know, there it goes again. Dave Clark, if he's listening in, he'll, uh, he'll love to hear the whistle because he grew up here <laughs> So hopefully that's the last one. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't even know how. It's like we don't even hear it because it goes off yeah. so often, you know, whatever. But um, so I moved to this little town. Um, I was in Georgia for 16 years and we moved back here. And during that time when I was moving back, I was studying for my series seven you know, with Merrill Lynch. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it was in coffee shops in Kennesaw or Marietta. So very close nice. to where you are, because that's where we were living at the time. And I read this article about Dave Clark. It was in the Atlanta Journal or Constitution. I don't know which one's one, and I don't even know if they have both of them anymore. But uh, I was reading the article about this man who played professional baseball on crutches. David won the Heroes of Sports Award at the World Congress Center. You know, big $17,000 check, I learned later. But what didn't make sense to me is that he, there was a guy that played professional baseball on crutches. I have a little child at that time, this mm -hmm. is 23 years ago, and not even walking yet. And uh, being being from the athletic world, my dad was in the sporting his world. So I'm really shocked that I don't know this person. And long story short, uh, he's from Corning, New York, which is where I was moving my family. And Corning's only like 10,000 people big. 
Yeah. So I'm coming from Atlanta where it's 10,000 people, a, you know, a mile. And now I'm going to this little town, uh, you know, historic town. Mm -hmm. But so I'm reading this article and as it would be, Dave was also finishing up a career. He was coaching for the Atlanta Braves up until 1999. And then when they lost the World Series, to the Yankees, they all got fired. Mm. And then um, he was still doing some stuff overseas. And then he moved back here more permanently from Sweden. Um, and then I was able to meet him at a baseball field with my son in my arms. And that started a friendship. We met for breakfast. I got to learn more about his story. He became a client. Ten years later, I said, Dave, we've got to do something with your life story. And I wound up leaving Merrill Lynch, not just for Dave, but we wound up partnering shortly after. And and uh, and when we started our business meetings, you know, I had all these grandiose things to do. We're going to do a movie deal. We can do books. We can do children's books. We can do speaking events, all of these documentaries. And we're in the process of doing those and have done some. But at the same time, what Dave's heart was is to do more sports camps that he'd been doing his whole life for children and young adults with differing disabilities. And we started this, well, he had already started it. I added to it called Disability Dream and Do. I love it because there's just sports bring people together. You get this, this fellowship and belonging and you're taking down barriers so that these kids or young adults have the opportunity to have that same experience. Right. We get the kids on the field and we have so many stories that we share. You know, one of them is, I'll try to condense these stories because when you hear them from Dave, they're better. But, you know, he had one of his worst days of his life um, when he was playing for a team that he actually owned. It was the Indianapolis Clowns. And for I don't know how connected we are to Atlanta, but the Hank Aaron was on the Indianapolis Clowns. It was his first professional team. But at the time, it was a Negro League team. Mm -hmm. Dave is now playing on this team, but it was integrated with white players and anybody at the time. But he was playing on crutches. And he bought the team. So he owns the team. He's playing, has his worst day of his life. He said it was the worst game ever. You know, the the visiting team or the team they were playing put a 20 spot on the board. And, you know, and he's wow. let's just say he has a little bit of a temper. So at the end of the game, he goes into the dugout and he's taking one of his crutches and he's swinging it as hard as he can up against the metal post. Oh, wow. So, so it, it, it literally goes into a C, into a C shape. And one of his teammates tries to come up and interrupt him. And he's like banging this, this crutch and saying all sorts of words we can't say on a, a nice podcast like this. And the teammate breaks in and says, somebody wants to see. You. And he's like, he's like, get out of here. Get the, you know, all the, all the, yeah. the words all you're not supposed to say. And finally, the teammate said, Dave, there's a little girl in a wheelchair that wants to see you. Mm. And stop Dave Cole. Girl mm -hmm. in a wheelchair. And so now they had the problem because they had to straighten out the crutch. And so he's jumping up and down in the crutch with spikes on a concrete floor, you know, this and that. So they get the crutch so he can use it. He, he walks out to this father and this little girl in a wheelchair. And he starts complaining about the worst game that he had ever had. I am so sorry you had to see this. I, you know, this was the worst game I've ever had. And, you know, all the blah that he could think of just internally thinking of how bad he played. And the little girl tried to interrupt him and said, Mr. Clark, you don't get it. And he's like, what don't I get? You know, it's like, you don't get it, Mr. Clark. I, I get it. I had the worst game of my life. He says, no, you really don't get it. You were on the field playing. Oh, wow. And so even though he had crutches and he had polio mm -hmm. and he had a brace and all this stuff that he had to deal with, he was still on the field. 
and the likelihood that girl was never going to get on the field not like that right so part of our disability dream and do sports camps is we get girls like her and others on the field and they get to interact with professional players on these professional fields you know all over the east coast right now is where we've been although dave and i just were out in san jose for a big speaking event and uh it looks like we have a sponsor to do uh with the giants organization in san jose with the minor league team there that's fantastic you know it's just it gives you perspective right like his perspective of that day was the complete opposite of her perspective of that day and right. who knows like you know that these these individuals these children these young adults that you're bringing onto the field may end up going and doing things like paralympics and other things because now they're seeing that there's a possibility correct and that's that's one of our main things we don't want to give false hope that yeah. you're going to be the next dave clark or you're going to be the next whatever but we do want to encourage these children and young adults because it's we get all ages at these things to find out where your your efforts can take you mm -hmm. and so don't don't just say i can't do it and, and actually at this keynote i just mentioned in san jose dave shares another story about and, and you got to go watch his ted talk i'm not going to share the story it's on our I'm pulling each other along it's called pulling each other along dave clark ted talk and in that story, he found out years later with tears in his mother's eyes, telling him, how could I have ever doubted you? Yeah. But she she did doubt and it made sense to doubt him. But the thing is, until that day, years after his successful career, he had never felt the doubt. Oh, wow. So at this conference that we are, we were in front of like 1300 uh, people with that work in the special needs education world. And Dave was saying, you're going to doubt the kids you're working with. Don't show it. Mm. Don't show it. Let them see how far they can take what they have. And they'll learn. They'll, they'll go up and maybe they'll have to pivot and maybe it'll lead to something else, whatever that something else is. However, don't show the doubt. Let them figure it out for themselves. Let them fall. Let them maybe even get hurt. Yeah. But see, that line right there doesn't just apply to individuals that might have disabilities. You know, most of the people that are listening to this podcast are in the corporate America space, right? right. There may be new managers. And that's a really hard lesson for somebody who just moved from an individual contributor into a manager role, right? Of not jump, number one, jumping in to try to fix it, right? But to right. let people have the opportunity to show that they can succeed. Correct. And, and that might mean you, you help, you give them opportunity, you give them tools, but I love that whole, don't show that you doubt them. Right. And, and that, and that does, it does cross over all of Dave's stories and what we share at our keynotes. And we usually do keynotes together, although it's like 90% him and 10% me, he calls me the icing, uh, on the nice. you know, he's the fake, <laughs> I'm the icing, I guess. And but these stories of his and ours, you know, because we have connection of our stories, they fit almost any audience. Right. Corporate audience. And, you know, if you want to get into leadership, well, what's it like to be leading somebody when you're five foot two and you're walking around on crutches and you're a professional baseball coach? Yeah. So he looks yeah. at employment very differently than other people. They're not looking at it the same way. And now he's even different because he looks at accessibility very different. We go into a hotel, we're on an airplane now, 
Um, and just FYI, if there's anybody out there that has a, a big tour bus they want to take us on, so when we travel, it can be a little easier on Dave. You know, DM me, call me, get a hold of me. Uh, we're looking for that person. Um, but it's hard for him to travel now. Yeah. Where when he was younger, you know, he was playing professional baseball. Oh, so there's a so there's a door there, there's a curve there. It doesn't matter. But now he looks at that very differently in the state yeah. of life that he's in now. And so these all of these stages with folks with limitations um, can be looked at in so many different angles and nobody better than somebody like him that's experienced differently because now he deals with post polio opposed to just the effects of polio. Right. So different stages. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not as I mean, at the time when he you know, got it and, you know, was living through it was there were more that sounds really odd, but like. You don't really, I don't meet anybody with polio today. Right, right. Well, you know? he's one of the youngest polio survivors and he's right. 71 years old. Right. So like, I mean, I remember my parents telling me stories about, you know, the fear of people getting it and all this other stuff. So, you know, that that's, that's tough being in that, um, being in that kind of environment. What, what leadership lessons that have you learned since starting D3 Day that, man, you're like, man, I wish I knew this at Merrill Lynch or in like, you know, prior, your prior career that you think would be really cool aha moments for young leaders coming up today? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, that is a good, good, good question. Tenacity, you know, but I feel like I've already had tenacity, but, and sometimes you can't teach that. Yep. Um, differences. Uh, one of the things that I love about the lessons that Dave teaches and that I've kind of learned from him is to strengthen your strengths. That's one of the messages we'll often give at a corporate setting. Mm -hmm. People want to focus on their weaknesses and this and that, but he looks at it totally different. He was never going to run fast to first base. It just, it wasn't going to happen. Could he get right. a little quicker maybe, but that if he worked all that, then he, he wouldn't be working on the strengths of what got him to play professional baseball. So he looked at strengthening your strengths as something that people often overlook. And so from a leadership quality, not necessarily do we want to completely eliminate, you know, working on our weaknesses, but the strengths are typically what got you your, where you right. are. So right. if you're a good salesperson, if you're a good communicator, if you are a good technician, if whatever that is, strengthen that strength, make that as good as it can be, and then plug yourself in where you best fit for the team. Right. And so working with the disability world, that's a really important message of plugging people into the right positions. Mm -hmm. Because if you put in baseball terms, I don't know if you're a big baseball fan or whatever, but if you put a, uh, a, a nine hitter who does better in the eight, nine role, but you put him as a leadoff hitter or as a cleanup hitter in four role, he's, that's not where he's comfortable. That's not right. where he's suited. And if you try to put somebody that can throw real hard, but he's kind of slow and you put him at shortstop, that's not really where it's going to be. He needs to be a pitcher, catcher, third base, you know. And so plugging these people in in the corporate sense of leadership and having a mind to put them in where they best strengthen the team. That's a lesson that I've learned working with Dave uh, as a, and he's been a championship coach. He's won three major league championships in a row in the Swedish major leagues. And he was an Olympic coach in 1996 with the uh, Atlanta in, with the, the Olympic team in, in, uh, in Atlanta. That's amazing. And I think you're exactly right because sometimes in corporate America, we get so hung up on 
what does this person need to work on and what's their development opportunity? And yeah, it's important, right? You always want to be growing and learning, but we rarely as leaders say, how can I exploit might be the wrong word, but how can we use this person's strength to actually level up the whole team? Correct. Yeah. Because if you try to put the square peg in the round hole, you know, we've used those analogies before, mm-hmm. but it's the mm-hmm. same thing in the corporate world. If you're trying to put the person that can't stand to speak, that might I'm even, all the time. well, there's a lot of those, but if you try to make them your front man, because, yeah. oh, they need to be the front man or whatever, and you might challenge them, you know, to work on that, all those kind of things, but that's probably not where they're going to be most comfortable. Right. And, and then you have the person that is the front man. He might not want to be doing all the other stuff that that person, that other person you're trying to put up front wants to do. So there's all there's so many aspects of that, of looking at what's real. And and again, how does it affect the team? You know, right. Dave, Dave Clark, as I talk about Dave a lot, because we you know, we're kind of almost one at this point. Um, you know, he played ice hockey. And that was one of the things his mom never showed doubt. Mm-hmm. She just mm-hmm. wanted him to come back with all his teeth. When he, when he said he to go play ice hockey. Well, here, he couldn't even skate. Yeah. So where are you going to play in ice hockey? Wow. I'm, you know, <laughs> I I'm asking you a question. You may or may I not don't know. know. There's really only one position. Uh, goalie? Goalie. Okay, yeah. And there's there's the I got it right. The whistle, when I got it right, the right. whistle. You, you, you got the right answer right at the right <laughs> time. So, so he played goalie. That was his only shot to play yeah. ice hockey. He loves ice hockey. He parlayed that into announcing at every level, college, ECHL, and even an NHL, as far That's as so announcing cool. for his love of hockey. And he's been a scout for ice hockey, too. We don't get into that a lot. But he is. if he would tell people, he said, I would have much rather been an ice hockey player than a baseball player. But he, he pushed ice hockey as far as he could, which was still playing at collegiate level. Yeah. But the pro level is where baseball took him. Yeah. And- but that's what's really exciting is that you have a passion, right? You have something that you're you're really interested in. Don't be don't find a limitation in that. You don't know where that might take you. Right. And you can still find joy in it, even if it's not exactly how maybe you, you specifically wanted it to be. That right. may not be how your destiny wanted it to be. Right. Yeah. And when um, when he couldn't play anymore, he didn't want to coach. But then yeah. when he got a coaching offer, he's like, no. And then a few weeks later, they call him again. And he goes, all right, I'll, go, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, and, it and it got him back on the field, you know, because he was still kind of wanting to be a player, you know. And there's, he's, you know, mm-hmm. pro athletes, they say you die two or three times. You die, you know, when you give up your retirement, when you can't play on the field anymore. Yeah. And obviously there's another period of time when you die. And that's a different, you know, hopefully we come back in something else, some other form. Right. So if people are interested, they, they're like, man, D, D3D might be good for me or might be good for my, my kid or this, this friend of mine or whatever. How often are you doing events? And, and what is that process like for people who are interested in participating? So the main thing we're looking for right now is just more people to come alongside of us so that we can do more events. You know, so it's really on a business level that we, we rotate. Yes, we have a disability dream and do fund and people can give to that and we get grants to go to that. But it's really what we do with pulling each other along um, and pulling each other along is our means of supporting multiple camps. So instead of trying to go get a sponsor in all these little different areas, yeah. I'm trying to 
I'm bringing a team of people. So what I'm really looking for, a team of people, mostly business entrepreneurs, business corporation folks that want to join our Pulling Each Other Along collective team to be a part of us. Mm-hmm. But we also get to pull them along because we're connecting their businesses. They are using our network to connect in unique, different ways. And I can give examples of that. Like we have a bat company, a baseball bat company out of Savannah, Stinger Bats. Mm-hmm. We also have somebody in our collective who's got a little girl who's been on our camps now several years who has an Instagram that's going crazy. Her nice. Name, little Miss Sweepy, if you want to go follow her. Beautiful. Okay, I, I will. <laughs> so, her, and so one of the things that happens is people send her gifts and she's got a rare form of dwarfism and they give her gifts and she even just cut a deal with Disney. So, I mean, there, there's things that are happening for this little girl. Yeah. And we can't do this for everybody in our collective, but we wound up having a personalized bat made in kind of Jasmine, Princess Jasmine uh-huh. um, for her. And we gave it to her. Oh, we're sitting at like 2 million hits on her, on her site of giving That's her this bat by Stinger awesome. Bats. So wow. are we pulling that company along? Well, I hope so. Right. Now we can't do that right. necessarily for everybody, but we're looking for ways that we can, within our collective team, where we can give back while they're giving to us and making those great connections along the way. So if people want to be involved in the pulling each other along collective, that's how we're going to get to do more camps. That's awesome. And now, with with the camps that you do do, are they typically like age bracketed? Because I know you said you go all the way up to young adults. How do you think about that? And are your are your young adults maybe people that have recently injured or people who have lifelong disabilities? It could be either. Yeah. So okay. it's it's pretty open um, as far as you know the inclusion world. Typically, our folks that are over sixteen or seventeen are going to be intellectually challenged in some format. Um, and so they can be a young man with Down syndrome. And I say young man, he could be 50, but mm-hmm. he's still young in heart, yeah. uh, you know, so to speak. And they'll come to the camp. And then what we do is um, at the camp itself, at the event, we split them up into age groups. Nice. So that the groups are all age group based. But that doesn't mean if you have a cousin that's 10 years older and they want to be in the same group, we let them be in the same group. We're pretty flexible. But as a rule, we put them in the groups of their of their age and they go around and they do all the different drills. It's very drill based. We call it like a pro style baseball practice where they get to hit off tees. And uh, we even have contraptions now that they can push a button and the ball will swing for them. If, the, if like there's a young man that's a part of our collective whose uh-huh. son is about 95% incapacitated, um, but he loves baseball. His son loves baseball and he can only use his head to hit a button that this man invented for his son that swings a bat and throws a ball for this young man. That is amazing. It's called Ability Tech. So it's another person, a part of our collective. So we're bringing these kind of folks together to help us in our endeavor to do and affect more people with, you know, through the sports camps, but through the story of people like Dave Clark, right. where they're telling you, it's one thing I can say, hey, dream and do. Well, it's another thing when he says it. Correct. You know, Correct. because you're, you're, you're seeing a, a man coming up on a scooter who played professional baseball for 17 years mm-hmm. on crutches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's totally different power. It is because it's it's there's a relatability to it. There's a, you know, hey, I, I can foresee myself in that position because I see you in it and you right. remind me of me. Right. Like that's right. 
that's so, so amazing. And, right. and where my passion comes in is being a father with a child with limitations. Mm -hmm. I get to introduce Dave and even my son, who's been a big part of this, to these folks to say, hey, just because you have limitations doesn't mean that it's got to stop you. Yeah. You got to get the parents and the caregivers that message because they're the ones that are going to show that doubt that's going to say, oh, no, you can't do that. Right. And then it's right. done just like that. Instead of seeing how far they can take it before so that they have that learning process just like anybody else would. That's that's amazing. And I, I can't wait to read the book, uh, Pulling Each Other Along. It's going to go on the top of my, my list to read. I'm an avid reader, so I'm super excited to, to pick that book up. It's a great it, book. Didn't I tell you that? You did actually, oh, yeah. and I hear there's a really amazing arm model that uh, was on oh, the cover. So oh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. There you go. <laughs> so if people are interested in in donating, joining your collective, and you know participating, uh, we've got your websites up here on the screen. But for our listeners that may be listening in, what do you think? What is the best way for people to connect with you, Doug, and you know with these initiatives? Yeah, any of those websites, LinkedIn, if you put in my LinkedIn, you know, in the notes, in the show notes, maybe eventually, I'm, I'm real easy to find because I'm like the only Doug Cornfield in the world other than my son who's Doug Cornfield Jr., or at least living. Uh, so LinkedIn is a real easy place to find me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook too. I do as much business on Facebook as I do on LinkedIn, almost it seems like. Um, you know, but reach out to me on any one of those websites. If you're interested, the Pulling Each Other Along Collective is my current initiative because the more people we can get involved in that, the more camps I can book for 2024. Yes. And that's important. Right. That is important. Like go out there and join that collective, everybody. Like the, it's important to, to have those funds so that there's more opportunities for these kids and young adults right. to be able to participate. I mean, it's so inspirational and there's so many opportunities for them. I, I, I love it. Um, right. And it's good business training as well. I've got yeah. uh, Jessica Grace, who's got a heartfelt business um, structure that she, we do two two times a month. We do a class. It's not mandatory, but we do like a class gathering, networking. And these are people all over the world now. Mm -hmm. And then and sometimes those are small, sometimes they're bigger. And then once a month, I'm trying to get as many on a you know together on a Zoom link. And I hope to the, get to the point where that's going to be needing to have three or four meetings, you know, just because the group gets right. so large. And then at that point, um, we can go anywhere with these camps. You know, we're already I, in Florida. We're all, we've already been in North Carolina and Tennessee mm -hmm. and in upstate New York and um, in New York down with the Yankees. We work with the Yankees. So but this collective is kind of our means to really, really push that along. But if you want to buy the book, you can go to Amazon, you can go to our websites um, to learn more about D3 Day. You can go to D3 Day. So it's uh, it's it all mixes together, though. But the one thing, too, we are booking our 2024 schedule for speaking right now. Okay. That's great. Yeah, so if you're, that's awesome. So if you're looking for a fantastic keynote speaker, I mean, right now we only have the icing, but imagine if you had that's the icing correct. and the cake together, uh, it would be, it, that's a powerhouse. I, I, I'm a big note taker. So I've been scribbling on my, my little piece of paper here. And, Very good. Um, you know, I had some big nuggets from this chat. One is uh, don't say that you can't do it. Right. And don't put that negativity out there because you, you can't you can't if you don't ever try. Right. So right. and then don't show doubt. Um, let them see how far they can go. That really resonated with me. And then strengthen your strengths. Right. Put people in those roles that are already accelerating in those strengths and then help compound that to really lift your whole organization, your team, your family. You know, that 
strengthen your strengths. That's the, I love it. I love it. So thank you for those nuggets of, of just gold. Well, thank you for having me. You know, it's, it's really, truly a blessing. And, and I know Dave's not here today. I'd love to get him on this podcast if you're interested. Oh yeah. And then you get the cake. You know, I love and, it. I love cake. I do. <laughs> you get the cake, but I can tell you, you know, we we did our first live. We've been doing some zooms, but we did our first live presentation just a week or so ago in San Jose, and I had to literally stop the signing line after three hours to let Dave wow. have a bite of his sandwich. Wow, that's we three hours. We were three hours straight of nonstop. You know, I was signing too, but really they want to get to Dave. Yep. and you know get their pictures meet him we even had this one and i posted it we had a young lady come up to us and i got talking with her and she says can i introduce it was actually her ex-husband not her husband but they've stayed friends but her ex-husband was deaf mm -hmm. and he was a big baseball fan she got so emotional with the impact so through facetime she's interpreting to Dave and introducing Dave to her husband. And she got, it was such a beautiful thing. I only caught a little bit of it on video, um, but she got so emotional just to be able to introduce her husband to Dave. And, um, you know, after hearing the keynote. And so that was one of the kind of cool little stories that came out from the keynote in San Jose. That, that is beautiful. Doug, thank you so much again for taking the time to join us, to share your story, the story of the three day events and, and what it can bring to the communities around you. I, I really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.